guys, welcome to the More Than Mom podcast. I'm your host, MJ Cash, and your new mom BFF. And guess what? You get me without any awkward playground small talk. On this podcast, we'll be covering everything we possibly can to help you thrive in all of your roles, not just as mother, but as wife, woman, and individual with your own passions and dreams. I hope that you'll choose to continue along this journey with us as we all begin to figure out how to become more than mom. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the More Than Mom podcast. This week has been a heartbreaking one. Yesterday, we had record-breaking tornadoes sweep through Tennessee and affected a lot of the towns right here in Middle Tennessee. A lot of people, um, so far, there are 24 who have been killed by the tornadoes and um, many more who are still missing. And um, to be honest with you, my attention for good reason has been there over the last two days, really just helping any way that we can in relief efforts and figuring out what the next steps are to help and to rebuild and just what people need right now. Um, Fortunately, our town was not affected, but many towns that border ours were. So just lots of prayers going out to Middle Tennessee, to Nashville, Hermitage, Mount Juliet, Lebanon, Cookville, and many other ones that are in those surrounding areas. Uh, Just a lot of prayers for them and um, anything that you can do to find ways to help the Nashville community right now, whether you are here locally or from afar, um, is going to go a long ways. And, And I will say this is the one thing, this is one of the many things that I absolutely adore about Nashville is that we rally really well. We rally really well in in times of of struggle and in times of hardship. We come together as a city um, like almost nowhere else in the world and and I'm so thankful to be a part of it and I know that we're going to rise up um, even stronger and better for this and uh, but right now we're we're kind of in the trenches of it. So um, with that said I don't have a super long intro for this week's podcast but I will say that this is going to be a great episode. It applies to all women and it's really to help with the mindset for all women of how to have a healthy relationship with food. Uh, I know this is something that so many women that I know have struggled with over the years. You know, having a, a, a low body image, thinking that they aren't beautiful, thinking that they aren't sexy, thinking that they aren't um, worthy of love. And all of those things are so wrong. And you're not wrong for thinking them. I think so much what we talk about a lot with Katie in this episode is that we're kind of conditioned to think this growing up, but it's incorrect. It's wrong. And and hopefully this episode will be a catalyst to start reframing your your, uh, thinking towards yourself, towards your body, and towards your eating to a place that you can really feel great about it and you can um, you can be healthy and that's what we want. So um, Katie Massman is amazing. She, I found her. She's up in uh, Clarksville area, which is about 45 minutes north of Nashville. And she's um, an RD and a nutritionist that specializes with working with moms and with working with teachers. Obviously, many of you are in that category. And really, the reason she picked those two categories... Um, 
there's many reasons, but one of them is just that the craziness of life in both of those roles and that you don't have a whole lot of freedom to just think about your food choices all the time and to prep stuff. And um, there's a lot of um, unknowns in those roles. There's a lot of things that keep you from thinking about your health. And so she's kind of focused her energies there. But I think that idea of being so distracted by life that you don't focus on your health is something that can apply to people in all roles and in all lines of work. And um, I'm just thank I'm just th- very thankful for Katie for sitting down with me. And I am excited for you guys to hear this episode and to just start thinking about the misconceptions you might have about food, about um, the misconceptions or, or the ingrained ideas that you might have about health that maybe aren't true. And we can start that conversation and we can start um, thinking in ways that we can kind of reframe that and realize what's actually going to be healthy for us and how to have a really healthy, really positive relationship with food. So with that, I want to introduce to you Katie Massman. All right, today I'm sitting down with Katie Massman. She owns her own nutrition company. She's a registered dietitian and she specializes in working with mothers. And so I asked her to be on today to just have a professional perspective on how mothers can prioritize their nutrition, um, can prioritize their health while also navigating all of the craziness that comes into our lives on a daily basis with being moms. So Katie, just start out, let's just hear a little bit about your background, where you're from, and how you got into this field to begin with. Sure. So I am a wife, a mom of a toddler um, that just turned two and a registered dietitian, originally from Missouri, but now we live in Tennessee. Um, I am both an exercise physiologist and a dietitian. So oh, wow. I've done like both sets of it yeah that's like the whole body health right there (laughs) yeah exactly um but I focus a lot on nutrition that's kind of the the love of my life for sure um I actually work for a school system by day and then I have my own private practice by night so it's it's fun that's awesome so how long ago did you open your private practice um about this time last year. Oh, that's so exciting. Yes. That's amazing. <laughs> January of last year. So, yeah. Over so, you're at the now. one year. That's awesome. Yeah. And you're in Clarksville, which is about 45 minutes north of Nashville. Is that yeah. about fair? Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you serve mainly people in that community or do you serve people all over? No, my practice is virtual. So, all okay. over the country. <laughs> that's amazing. Yes. That's awesome. And um, why did you decide to really key into the moms? Yeah, so after becoming a mom myself, I realized that there was a lot of pressure on moms to get their bodies back, Mm. which I I hate hate. that line. It's cringeworthy. (laughs) It's awful. And I think it's more so now that I've, I've noticed that pressure. Before, I had known a lot about diet culture 
if that's a new term to you, like look, go look it up and learn about it. Yeah. Um, and intuitive eating. Before I became a mom, I knew about those things. But when I became a mom, I realized how prevalent that was yeah. for moms even specifically. So that's why, that's why I wanted to serve moms. I knew that there was a lot of pressure. I knew that there was a lot of chaos in being a mom and like learning a new routine. Yeah. And you kind of lose yourself in that in the in the first few months for sure of yeah. becoming a new mom and so I wanted to kind of help take the pressure off that's for, awesome for yeah, yeah it it really is amazing I mean you know when they when you get pregnant one of the things that they tell people on your community to do is to bring you meals because that's how much your eating goes to the wayside <laughs> like, you don't even have time to make yourself food anymore let alone think about what the nutritional value of that is so yeah um, and um even like in that postpartum stage a lot of moms don't realize you know and in, in through pregnancy it's like nutrition is important it's important to to be eating well and stuff mm-hmm. but actually postpartum you have to replete a lot of nutrients that you lose oh it makes sense and so that's why it's so important to yeah. have people bringing you meals so that you can get enough nutrition yeah yeah I I actually have never heard that but that makes a lot of sense given how I felt after giving birth I can tell you <laughs> it felt like I was quite depleted so absolutely yeah there's um that's not my number one focus is like you know, postpartum, directly postpartum nutrition. Yeah. yeah. But there are lots of dietitians out there that do just focus on that. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Do, have you noticed at all? Like, is there a time when moms are able, like, is there an age of children that moms are like able to refocus on their eating again? Or does it just need to be such an intentional thing from the get go? Well, I haven't found that <laughs> yet. I <laughs> know oh, I haven't either. So, My kid's four uh, and it still is. <laughs> Um, but I would say at some point, yeah, it's going to get a little easier when you get a little more sleep and your kids get a little bit more independent. Um, and when they're eating real food too, Mm -hmm. you get to focus on their nutrition, um, which kind of helps you do the same things, especially if you're eating similar things. So, you know, after the one year mark, I'd say it gets maybe slightly easier (laughs) maybe um but it takes intentionality and so I think that's where I come in um with helping moms is just figuring out okay how I know I need good nutrition and I know I want to nourish my body well Mm -hmm. and feel good how do I do that with the chaos of motherhood right now for sure and that's what I do that's amazing that's awesome what got you interested in pursuing nutrition in the first place like why did you want to become an RD so many things aligned for me um, throughout my life, but I know that one of the major things happened in my childhood. My sister, she had a brain tumor, mm-hmm. and after that, it affected her metabolism, mm. which affected her eating and the way my parents were able to to feed her and what they needed to feed her yeah. and exercise she needed to do and things like that. You know, diabetes eventually happened and so I had a lot of fed to me about nutrition without me really even knowing it. right just from being someone in the room exactly mm-hmm. um and then I went to college because I wanted to be a physical therapist um that didn't work out obviously <laughs> um but I did get my exercise science degree and while I was there I had a nutrition class um for sports nutrition mm-hmm. and I just fell in love with it 
Yeah. I just, it was a moment and I was like, this is exactly what I'm supposed to do. That's awesome. And then it just kind of evolved from there. Yeah. That's really cool. I, I know for, so my husband and I, when we met, we were in college and I think back to the way that we used to eat and we weren't like the worst of eaters. It's not like we were out getting fast food every day or anything like that, but we weren't intentional with it. So pasta was like a main source of nutrition for us it's cheap (laughs) too when you're in college (laughs) yeah uh we had a lot of pasta a lot of pizza a lot of that stuff and let's see I guess it would have been around the time that we got engaged my husband was working um in college athletics then so he was out of school and he got he found CrossFit and through that community is when we were kind of were first introduced to like paleo-esque eating but more so than that, just like real food nutrition, eating things that aren't processed a ton, eating things that don't come in a box, that kind of idea. And from that point forward, that was probably seven years ago. I mean, we have been really, we're not perfect at it and we don't expect ourselves to be, which I think is super important, but we, um, we do for the most part, you know, we only shop in the meat and produce aisles and we um, eat very good in our house and we hope our kids are seeing it, even though that's a whole other topic there. Our son is so picky, but <laughs> he's at least seeing the really good food that we're feeding ourselves. And we talk about nourishing our bodies and that's the point of food. And um, we're hoping that that will, will relay down to him at some point. In time. Yeah, yeah. Those are good concepts to have too. So, with food, I like to focus on the nourishment of the body, but also the joy. And mm. I think that's something that people are missing is they have a lot of I restriction like and food rules and just these diet specific diets mm-hmm. that come out and are kind of a one size fits all thing. And that just doesn't work for people Yeah, for the most part. And there's a lot of shame and guilt and stress, especially for moms, what yeah. they feed their kids Um, what they feed themselves and I try in my um, practice to remove that stress and the guilt and kind of meet them you know where you're at right now and know that you're doing the best that you can what could we do to help you feel better right not just do better because you you know you you have to that's amazing I love that you just said that because I am 100% the person for my whole life that food brings me joy yeah I love food and I love food of all cultures and I love exploring different cultures of food and I like travel through food (laughs) like we pick places and we're like okay cool where are we eating yeah it's (laughs) a love language (laughs) yes yeah I totally agree I don't think that that's a bad thing I I feel like people these days it kind of gets a bad rap like enjoying food yeah is like bad oh I don't want to enjoy it right that's bad but it's not yeah we should take a little bit more pride in um like having pleasure around food yeah that's, that's awesome that's missing every single person that knows me knows my love for food so I'm glad that you said that because that, <laughs> fill, that fills my heart of like yes we don't have to be we don't have to make food this unenjoyable thing that's which is amazing exactly we, yeah. I in my mind not okay so I will say straight up my number one thing that I probably need to improve in is portion control a hundred percent with that being said, <laughs> my love for food comes out when, like, I'll go out to breakfast with a bunch of my mom friends, 
and you know I'll eat some and then I'll get a to-go box and I'll load the to-go box and then we'll continue to talk and we'll hang out and then I'll be like meh I'm just gonna eat the to-go box and I'll sit there and I'll open the to-go box (laughs) (laughs) and by the time we leave I have nothing to take home and I had a very enjoyable meal so um yes I'm like and everyone the whole time's like oh yeah MJ you're gonna keep you're gonna keep eating I'm like I love this the food is amazing (laughs) you can tell them to mind their (laughs) own only I know how I feel and that's one of the things that I um that I teach is intuitive eating and it's all about listening into your internal cues Mm -hmm. for hunger for fullness but also for for joy and satisfaction and pleasure because all those things are important Mm -hmm. there's going to be times when um you eat just because (laughs) or when you're not hungry and that's not necessarily a bad thing um, but you want to eat to help your body feel good, to right. feel good mentally and physically. Yeah, that's um, awesome. And so intuitive eating teaches just that. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So maybe this kind of leads into that perfectly. What should our overall goal be when it comes to food? Yeah, so I basically just said it almost. Um, eating food that supports your life and health, both physically and mentally. Okay. I think a lot of people understand the, the physical part. Mm-hmm. And if you've heard the term like food is fuel. Right. It's not just fuel. It's also fun. Mm, um, and that's I think interesting because food is fuel is something I use with my son all the time. Yeah. So I can cannot, say food is fuel and fun. Yes. I like yeah, it. It can be both. Yes. It can be both. Sometimes we eat things because we know it makes our body feel good and it makes us healthy. Right. Right. But sometimes we eat things because it's fun too. And they can be both. Right, right, right. Oh, I like this. This is great. I l- Anytime I can get like a new motto to instill in my children, I am just on cloud there nine. So that is great. Thank you. Thank you. That is awesome. Yeah. Okay. So we're our goal then is to fuel our body both emotionally and mentally and get us to a healthy place emotionally, mentally, and, and physically. physically. So we all focus on the physical stuff. Emotionally and mentally is important too, especially as mothers because we're already so drained in right. that category. Right. Um, what are some basic guidelines that we can set up around our eating habits to help us incorporate that healthy eating into our lives that's going to do that for us? It's going to be fuel and fun. Yeah. So I have a couple things. Okay. <laughs> the first one um, to always remember is that there is no perfect way to eat. We have... No idea what that will look like because mm-hmm. nutrition science is always evolving. Mm-hmm. So if someone um, says this is the way to eat, you have to eat this way, they're wrong. It's just, it's not true. We have no idea what a perfect way of eating would look like. So just always know that um, it's never going to be perfect and it doesn't need to be. Mm. And that food rules and restriction are not sustainable. Um, so that's number one. Yes, and probably not mentally healthy either. <laughs> <laughs> um, so number two is start listening to your body. I know that I'm, I'm not even talking about food yet because I want people to get that their mental um, ideas about food correct first, mm-hmm. and then we talk about food after that. But um, start listening to your body, listen to your hunger, listen to your fullness, and listen to what 
brings you that pleasure and satisfaction. Fullness and satisfaction sound similar, but they are different. Okay. Fullness is a is like a feeling I am full. Mm-hmm. Satisfaction is like, oh, that was great. I'm happy. Got it. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, so all three things are important. And there's other things that go within that as well. But knowing your body and just tuning in and listening can really help guide you in what you need to eat what feels good to your body um, for both mental health and physical health and then the third thing is to choose foods that make you feel good (laughs) which is kind of um it's it's not specific and, and that's because again it's different for everyone right but if you realize that just eating a bowl of cereal for breakfast or eating no breakfast at all makes you really hungry within a couple of hours and it makes you hangry and you're getting impatient and you're not and you're drained right then that might be a clue to you that um adding a couple of eggs for for protein and fullness with that cereal could be really helpful so kind of just getting curious about um your body again listening to it and then choosing foods that you really enjoy I think that is something that, at least for me, I needed a lot of practice in. Um, I was so focused on just all the different tasks of my day and just moving from one thing to the next that I never stopped to actually think, how am I feeling right now? Mm -hmm. Like, how's my body feeling? Am I feeling energized? Am I feeling drained? Am I feeling bloated? Am I feeling healthy? Am I I feeling good? Like, where am I at? And... Um, this is actually only about six weeks ago, I started to go to a functional medicine doctor. And with her, we did a two-week elimination diet so that we could reintroduce things and see what my body actually did feel Mm -hmm. good with and what it did not feel good with. And it was fascinating because I've never been disciplined enough to actually go two weeks not eating gluten, not eating dairy, not eating, not drinking coffee, um, you know, all the things. And again, fully that's not a sustainable way to live no but (laughs) it was great for the two-week period so that when I reintroduced things I was like oh turns out dairy in my body not great like I feel super bloated super crampy every time I eat dairy and so we were able to then switch around our fridge to be almond milk and coconut creamer um, for our coffee and things like that so that we can listen to what our bodies are telling us and being like, man, right. I don't really like this. Right. However, the one dairy my body doesn't seem to care about is cheese. Yeah. So I can eat cheese. That's actually really common. Yeah. Great. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> so, yeah. So it was really, really fascinating. It's the first time in my life that I've actually stopped and put in two weeks of discipline to then figure out what actually makes me feel good and what doesn't. Yeah. And I don't have to be perfect in it if I'm at something that, is offering cheesecake. I love cheesecake. It is for <laughs> sure a dairy product that's probably going to make me feel awful, but I love cheesecake. And so I'm going to eat it that one time, but I'm not going to go to the store and buy myself cheesecake every week and put it in my fridge because it makes me feel terrible. So exactly figuring that yeah. out and kind of setting some guidelines around it is, um, it took me a long time to get there where I even knew what my body was telling me in the first place. So I think that's yeah. really And sometimes cool. it takes help to do that. And an elimination yeah. diet isn't necessariness for all people right. or anything like that and some people do great with dairy and it's fine um but it's kind of fun to yeah give that like attention for a, a short period of time and just kind of tune in and see how it feels right yeah yeah it was something I was really curious about because I have a lot of friends in the the health realm um of athletics mainly um 
that have done plenty of those kinds of things before to, to really fine tune what their body responds well to. Mm-hmm. And it was always something that I was like, I like food too much, man. Like, I don't- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Not a bad thing. No. Again, yeah. But, uh, yeah. I am like the one, I feel like I'm like the one female to have gone through childhood and adulthood and not had any shame tied up in food. I don't know how I got out like free from that. That's impressive. I am the person that can be like, oh yeah, I eat really healthy as I'm eating a cake in front of you and be like, no, but this isn't what I eat normally. Like, and I don't feel bad about it. Yeah. You know, and you shouldn't. Yeah. That's the whole point. And that's why a lot of the work I do with bombs um, is taking that shaming guilt and rules out of food because it's Mm -hmm. not helpful. Um, that's awesome. In the long run, yeah. And it does start in childhood most of the time. Yeah, and that's let, let's just jump into that because I feel like I saw it growing up. I mean, mm-hmm. I wasn't naive to the fact that this was happening all around me. Right. Every girl I knew, and I went to a huge high school, you know, had tons of friends of, of, of you know, that were women and that were girls mm-hmm. and, and saw it. Everyone carried this shame about their body. Yeah. Um, everyone carried this shame about what they ate. Mm -hmm. They felt judged in what they were eating. So they had to make good choices so that the people around them saw them making good choices. Um, they didn't, whenever that we went swimming or something, I grew up in Arizona. So literally that was like one of three activities you could choose from. Everyone had a pool. Anytime we went swimming, they would speak badly about their bodies. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it was just... I honestly feel like I never heard anyone talk good about themselves. I know. <laughs> and meanwhile, I've never, I will tell you this right now, I've never been the thinnest person in the room. I've never been the, the most like toned or muscular or all these things that people are tech, like, or supposedly striving for, right? Like right. the supposed best ideal body, body, ideal, whatever the culture says. Right. Um, and I've never carried the, I've just never carried that weight about it. You're like lucky. I just, 100%. But it breaks my heart to see all these girls grow up with that, you know, different levels of basically body dysmorphia, of think of seeing themselves in the mirror and seeing something completely different than I see in them when I look right. at them. And it it travels right into adulthood. Mm-hmm. And then I think it just gets blown out of proportion. Absolutely. After motherhood, because your yeah. body shifts Changes. entirely. Yes, it does. Um, you gain... 30 pounds plus 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 in yeah. pregnancy <laughs> yes <laughs> we'll just let that go as high as it needs to forever is out there listening yeah and then you know you lose a little bit of it lots of times it's not all of it your um my hips were different after giving birth yeah my stomach was different after giving birth yeah i hear you um <laughs> My boobs were certainly and still are different after <laughs> giving birth and nursing. That's like the worst realization. Um, it so your body foreign. changes. It feels yeah. foreign. You're, you are a different person. And the body that you didn't like before now in, again, society. Wants what, to be what, different yeah, too. Wants it to looks different. not as good as it did before in many of the traditional ways. Mm-hmm. And... You didn't even accept the body that was not morphed by pregnancy. How are you supposed to then accept the body that is? Um, I mean, I'm sure this is what you deal with on a daily basis with these moms and just getting how how do people overcome that and switch your thinking? Like, how do people? I honestly don't know, because, again, I was the person that was always like, 
like this is the body I was dealt and like this is as good as it's gonna get man yeah yeah and you're so lucky to have that attitude most of the time it does start in childhood with Mm -hmm. um you know no you don't need to eat that we don't want to be a certain weight you go to the doctor and they weigh you and yeah um you know talk to your parents about certain things and you hear stuff at school and throughout high school and college and then yeah you become a mom and your body changes drastically right and it feels very very different and foreign and it's uncomfortable um so that is the first thing I work with my with moms is figuring out how can I respect the body that I have now I don't have to love it right right but I do have to care for it because this is the one that I've got and it takes a lot of work and um behavioral cognitive modifications um and mindset shifts to to make that decision um and so I can't talk about all of those things because it's just a lot depends for each person but one of the things I like to tell people is try your best to choose to care for your body instead of changing it Mm. if you can care for your body and do things that help it feel well um and put that maybe weight loss or um or even gain for some moms um or changing it and some way can put that on the back burner a whole new world opens up of what you can do for yourself I love that with a lot less stress and a lot less guilt yeah yeah I could I would imagine because it's not realistic to just ask someone who doesn't love their body to just start loving it no um (laughs) and you don't have to right but I can imagine that respecting your body over time will turn into loving it um yes I just think that's just like the natural progression there's no telling how long that will take of respecting it and caring for it yeah Um, it really just depends on the the mama yeah Mm -hmm. I would think a big step one for a lot of people would just be to stop speaking negatively about it yeah that's one of the things just to cut the negative talk Mm -hmm. that's definitely one of the things we work on is positive self-talk yeah um even just recognizing first recognizing what those thoughts are Mm -hmm. really like learning about diet culture and all of the things that you've learned throughout your life is astonishing when you start learning about that and how your mind has been trained to think those thoughts throughout your life and it really becomes prevalent and you start noticing like little things that people say that and you're like wait that's that's not right. Or, Ooh, yeah. That's diet culture. <laughs> they, yeah, yeah. They learned that. Um, so I think the first step is recognizing what your own thoughts and beliefs are and then challenging them that's about awesome. your own body. Um, do you happen mm-hmm. to follow on Instagram Meg Boggs? Yeah, I do. I'm obsessed with her. She's yeah. <laughs> amazing. So um, one thing I love about Meg, so Meg is a um, power lifter. I think is what she the kinds of workouts that she does but she's a mom she's a wife and she is a very large woman yeah and she is someone who cares for her body very well she trains very hard for her passion she eats very well most of the time and she mothers her daughter well and she takes care of her husband well and she takes care of herself well and she is a very large person she just happens to be in a bigger body yes yeah and um one of the things I love about Meg is honestly, I pride myself on being non-judgmental. I'm the kind of person that like you can come with me to any, like for anything or or with anything, and I'll be like, yeah, like 
okay, like no judgment. And like, I haven't been where you've been. I haven't walked your life story. I've walked mine. This is where it's ended, where I've ended up with my choices in life that have been guided by my history. Sure. And your choices might look different because you have a different history than me. And like, this is where we are at. With that being said, I didn't know it until I started following Meg on Instagram that I had judgments that I didn't even realize I had about large people in general. Yeah. If I would have passed Meg on the street, um, I would have assumed that she's unhealthy. Yeah. I would have assumed that I'm in better shape than her. Yeah. I would have assumed that I live a healthier lifestyle than her. Right. And at this very moment right now with where I'm at in my motherhood journey and my health journey and um, quite frankly, the last year has been a very challenging year for me. Mm -hmm. It has been emotionally very difficult with my kids at their current ages. (laughs) Yeah. Um, They're two and four. They're both really high energy and I've really struggled with um, navigating that in a healthy way. And I've consciously, I've made the decision to let my workouts go by the wayside okay so I did that we're we're getting back into it now which I'm really happy with because I like myself I feel better when I work out yeah um so we're introducing it again into my life but for the last year I've kind of let it go by the wayside and for a few months of that as well I kind of was like you know what I can't focus on eating right now I'm we moved into this house in November I started a company in August my kids are two and four and I was like something's got to give and I think right now it's my eating and my workouts and I didn't let myself feel guilty about that I was like this is where we're at yeah. With that being said, I'm currently in the worst shape I've ever been my whole life because <laughs> I was an athlete my whole life. I was always training. I was always eating well. Um, and the fact of the matter is, is Meg right now today is significantly healthier than I am. And sure. yet I never would have guessed it by her outward appearance. Yeah. And that's part of diet culture. That's what we've yes. learned. That's what people assume. And it's not like if you, if, you're out there right now and you have those thoughts as well that's not your fault we've just learned it but you can unlearn it yes and I sent Meg a message and I was like thank you for calling me out on a judgment I didn't even know I had like I genuinely didn't even know that I was doing that yeah and I saw her and I was like dang she's healthier than I am yeah she cares for her body better than I do Mm -hmm. and yet the whole culture pours shame on her Right. For living in that body. I know. With no idea that she takes such good care of herself, man. Right. And she respects her body, exactly what you're talking about, more than so many others. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the idea that skinny doesn't equal healthy yes. and fat doesn't equal unhealthy. Yes. So. Which is like, pe- people are listening to this right now and their minds are going, Yeah. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> I know. Um, but that is such a giant misconception and here a lot of us are trying to put ourselves in a smaller body Mm -hmm. and like that's the biggest achievement you could possibly right have um and it's and it's not and it doesn't mean that you're caring for your body in the best way possible if you're just trying to be smaller yeah or lose weight or whatever you can do it differently you don't have to die you don't have to try to achieve that oftentimes unrealistic expectation Mm -hmm. for yourself I know for me and this is actually (laughs) this is getting real vulnerable because this is (laughs) a hard thing to talk about (laughs) so I have noticed literally like in the last week 
that I don't feel good about my body right now, mm-hmm. which is a rarity for me. Usually I'm like, for sure. Like there's fat on it. There's like places on it. But like, I feel good about it. I feel mm-hmm. good where I'm at. And for like the last week, I've been like, not loving the way it's laying out right now. Yeah. And um, when that happens for me, I know, I know what it takes for me to feel good about it again. And it starts with eating generally well, mm-hmm. which I'm already doing. So that's already in place. But then working out again. Yeah. And I know that when I get active, and it doesn't have to be anything intense, just like getting active and doing slightly more than I have been and something that's intentional and on purpose where it's not like, yeah, I chased my kids around all day. Yeah, we went on a walk with the dog or whatever. But like being intentional and being like, you know what? I'm going to set aside 20 minutes or 15 Mm -hmm. minutes to like move more than I normally do in some way. Yeah. If I do that for a week, I will start feeling good about my body again. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah that's something I talk about quite a bit is um, if, when you feel, you know, not great in the body that you're in, even if it didn't change, just taking care of mm-hmm. yourself in whatever way makes you feel good can be so helpful. A hundred percent. Because in a yeah. week, I'm not going to look any different than I do right now. Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But I will feel good about it again because I know I'm caring for it. Exactly. It it brings about this like confidence and the endorphins of exercise, the, yeah, yeah. the feel good that you're just doing something for it and it just gives you a little bit more confidence. Yeah, you feel that's good. awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going to an event next week that I actually have to like, you know, look decent for and it's amazing the difference it makes and that's why... <laughs> so so petty that's why I started working out again this week I'm like I need to reintroduce this because I noticed I wasn't feeling good about myself Mm -hmm. um, about my body in general when I was figuring out which outfits to wear for this event next week and I know that just a week's worth of working out or honestly even like three days of working out (laughs) I can put that same outfit on and look the exact same in it but feel completely different in it yeah um just because again like you said I'm respecting and caring for my body yeah which is it's just an incredible little tool to have in your back pocket it is yeah. yeah and you said like it what 20 20 30 minutes of something right and that's not a huge amount of time yeah. for a mom it's pretty it is so I will say it's so yesterday was the very first day but, I worked out again like set aside time uh-huh. um it was a 20 minute workout and I did I think 12 minutes of it before my kids made it literally impossible and I completely freaked out and then I stepped <laughs> I stepped away for like five minutes and I came back and I was like okay, like tomorrow we're going to do it again and you're going to get more used to that mom is doing this and it it might take a few weeks for the kids not to climb on you Yeah, because they need to get used to this new thing that's happening. Right. And even then, it's okay um, if it doesn't work out perfectly every time because you still did did something. I still walked away with a win of being like, you know, I got 12 minutes of movement in and I set aside the time. Exactly. And it was, you know, I missed out on 18 minutes, but whatever. Whatever. Tomorrow, hopefully we'll get those 18 (laughs) minutes. It still served its purpose of giving you a little bit of confidence each day. Yes. And that's a great thing. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So let's move into kind of that mindset. Can you talk about what role Grace plays in all of this? Because I feel like that often goes overlooked when we're talking about everything honestly but for sure um eating and nutrition and taking care of ourselves and motherhood as a overall umbrella can you just talk about grace for a minute yeah so um (laughs) grace and motherhood is like obviously extremely important in so many areas but in relation to nutrition 
it's knowing that there's not like an all or nothing mm. approach or knowing that the all or nothing approach is not helpful right finding that um middle ground and knowing and expecting imperfection is super important there is literally like I said earlier there's literally no perfect way to eat um plus motherhood is so messy and there's definitely um beauty in that but it comes with struggle yeah so knowing that you are doing the best knowing that you're you know, giving yourself that grace and that permission to not be perfect with nutrition and whatever your health and endeavors are um, is the difference between a great relationship with food and feeling guilty and stressed. So just, I always say I expect that imperfection um, because it's just, it's not going to be perfect. There's going to be times when you're not able to listen to your body. Like, you said like you can go through the the whole morning and then be like oh my gosh I never I never ate anything yet I'm right. starving oh gosh, yes. um, I never thought that would happen to me because I know like how much I love food yeah I it know. happens all the time I'll be like it's like 11 and I haven't eaten a thing yet I've been up since five o'clock in the morning I'm like <laughs> right. what happened yeah and that takes like intentionality but that's not gonna happen every day especially when you're a mom when just things happen um there's not a super solid routine right. um throughout the day so yeah that and that's why grace is important because again it is that that difference between having a good relationship with food in your body and knowing that it's not going to be perfect or feeling a lot of stress and and guilt and things that's awesome yeah I feel like I used to for sure this is probably I probably got better at this maybe two years ago so it was fairly recent I used to be the person that would set out with a goal, mm-hmm. um, whether it be eating a certain way or doing something every day, like uh, I'm going to uh, read the Bible every single day, or I'm going to um, read a book for 15 minutes every single day, or I'm going to, I'd set up like a restriction diet, you know, of some sort. I'm going to eat this way every single day. And right. the second that I messed up on a day, the whole thing would go out the window. Right. I'd be like, well, I broke it. Can't. We're done. Yeah. And then I would never read the book again or I would never pick up the Bible again. And I would never, <laughs> you know, I would never try to eat that way. Again. Like it was like, it was like I broke it one time. And so it was out the window. Done yeah. deal. I messed it up. I blew it. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I approached everything that way in life. And it, I wasn't meaning to. It wasn't an intentional, conscious approach I was taking it was just like how I felt about it emotionally of being like I blew it you blew it MJ like you can't do like you it's done yeah you can't correct it I, as I'm if not, you I'm can't no start this. the next I, day and be like Anna back to doing it like cool yeah. <laughs> I know I know um I kind of have this like this scale of sorts in my mind and on one side of it is um, relating to nutrition one, one side of it would be like restrictive diets rules stuff like that mm-hmm. on the opposite end is total chaos you're paying no attention at all and you might find yourself on whichever side um, and sometimes you'll be on on one one day and one the other yeah. day my goal oh, for so unhealthy I can't my, imagine like mentally that's like that fight all the time of going from one side to the other yeah and I find that a lot yeah. because we don't know how to be in the middle yeah 
um, there's like too much expectation. There's too much perfectionism. Um, and in life doesn't work like that. So in the middle is intuitive eating and normal eating. Mm-hmm. And um, it's that's where I try to get moms to be. Is that's, in that, that middle I ground. love that illustration. And I feel like that has where that is where I have lived for the last, I don't know, couple of years at least, maybe longer, of this beautiful middle ground and that's where I just don't have guilt around what I eat and I can tell you that I'm a healthy eater while eating something unhealthy in front of you because I know in general that's true yeah and um I can tell you I probably wouldn't feel good if I ate bad all the time and I might carry guilt about that honestly um not to say that that's necessarily good but I probably would um but to live in a space where I know that probably 70 to 80 percent of my meals are really healthy meals yeah and that's great and then the other 30 percent like if I see something I want to eat that I don't see very often I'm like yeah I'm gonna eat that and I'm gonna enjoy it and I'm gonna eat the whole thing like I'm gonna have a piece of cake and it's not gonna be like I can have two bites of that no I'm just gonna eat the piece of cake (laughs) yeah or you know what my biggest thing is (laughs) this is like this is like my high horse with food I hate to call out a certain company. I won't use their, I won't use the company's name, but when they come out with like a healthy ice cream, yeah, I'm like, y'all, if you want to eat ice cream and you want to have like an indulgent night with ice cream, just eat real ice cream. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's cutting yourself short to like have the stuff that doesn't really taste like real ice cream because it's supposedly healthy. Like just eat the real thing once and then you don't have to feel like you need to eat the fake thing seven times <laughs> yeah yeah that, that <laughs> happens a lot there's a lot of like diet foods and that again yeah. comes from that diet culture and those foods aren't necessarily there's not there's no good or bad foods so right. I like to try to use very neutral terms um not even necessarily healthy or unhealthy or good versus bad everything's neutral yeah. it's all food um but it depends what what's going to make you feel your best, what's going to be most satisfying for you. And and for me, like you said, yeah, eating real ice cream would be much more satisfying and I would just move on with it. Right. But if you try um, to have like the light ice cream or the or – the, I know what you're talking about, but um, – <laughs> that, that company that shall not be named. <laughs> yeah, that shall not be named. Um, then if – it doesn't quite satisfy you. Right. You're going to keep trying to find something that does over and over again. Right. Whereas you could have just ate that ice, real ice cream or whatever the food is right. that you want and moved on and didn't have to think about it all day, didn't have to stress about it. Yes. Didn't have to. And you know how much time and brain power it takes to feel that stress and guilt and restriction and right. all of that stuff where you could just tune in and say this is what satisfies me right now and move on. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. And probably for some people they can eat the the uh, makeshift ice cream and be satisfied. Exactly. And that's why I I wouldn't shame it at all. Yeah. Um that might be the best choice for them. That might be something that makes them feel feel Great. their best. Yeah. Yeah. And go for it. Yeah. Absolutely. But not, if you I'm really want me neither. But <laughs> If you really wanted the ice cream, eat that. Yeah. yeah eat the ice cream. Yes. And there's there's no shame or guilt in that whatsoever. It is just food. Yeah, that's awesome. And I I know it's 
I just lo- I just love living in a space where like my kids will take them. There's a really great local ice cream shop in Smyrna. It's called Gennardi's. If anyone lives locally, it's fantastic. It's family owned, um, but they make all of their ice cream in super small batches. And my kids used to go to school like right down the street from from Gennardi's, so we used to go there a lot. But it's also right next door to a coffee shop, and like for me. I like coffee more than I like ice cream. So <laughs> yeah. I would take the kids there and like they'd go get ice cream and I wouldn't and I'd go get a coffee and it's not because I was trying to avoid ice cream and it was good knowing that. Like I would walk in and be like, huh, do I want coffee or ice cream? I want coffee. And I would make the choice that was more satisfying to me. Right. Um, not feeling like I had to indulge or not indulge. It was just like, what would I feel better eating like what do I actually want and desire right now and that is coffee yeah that's uh that's a great point because um oftentimes what happens with like restrictive dieting and things like that you tend to crave and Mm. eat things that you may not even actually like right but it's because it's forbidden that you want it more if that makes sense that totally makes sense so it's like when you're dating just, bad boys or something exactly. like like, <laughs> you want what you can't have yeah um but in the sense of intuitive eating and, and tuning in you get to choose what you want yeah so there's not this um as much of this like temptation and and cravings and stuff like that to to eat foods that you don't necessarily even like or just right. because it's there and you've been restricting it you eat it um so it's just, it's this opposite and it feels so free. Yeah. Because yeah. it's interesting. Even when I was like in the ice cream shop with the kids, part of me wanted to order ice cream because I felt like if I didn't, it was given into like a restrictive diet. And yeah. I, that, I just don't, that's just not how I live my life. So I was like, maybe I should just get one so that I'm not like the person that's not getting ice cream. I know. Yeah. But then I was like, but what do I actually want? I don't even want the ice cream. I want the coffee. So yeah. like really being able to tune into that and live your best life with what you actually want and what your body actually wants and what's going to satisfy you, not just physically, but emotionally too, um, is great. Now I'm sure there is a thin line here though, as I say that, that we can't always eat emotionally. Is that accurate? Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Because I can for sure be an emotional eater where if I'm feeling down, food can be what I go to. So it's very normal for us to eat out of comfort. Mm-hmm. And that's not wrong by any means. Right. For many of us, food is still available. Yes. So it's kind of something that we go to. And it really does make us happy. Yes. So in the short term, it might make you feel good. So like if, you know, your mom, you have a moment of stress and you're like, I'm going to go eat a piece of chocolate and calm down. For sure. Okay. Great. Um, But if you're continually like maybe binge eating at night because you're so stressed and it happens over and over and over again and you're not dealing with stress um, or emotion in any other way than eating, then there might that might be a a red flag to say you know I should explore some other ways to to deal with this emotion than just eating Mm -hmm. because it doesn't make me feel good afterwards right um if I'm doing this to my to my body um and to my mind I've always heard um well first of all let's just say if that is the case let's actually explore what's causing the stress and see if we can fix right or address that yeah 
So but true. Also, yes. <laughs> <laughs> let's first yes. start with mental health. Yeah. Secondly, though, um, I've always heard the best way to combat something like that instead of just taking it away is to replace it with something. Mm-hmm. So if you are emotionally binge eating to the point where you know it's not caring for your body and you actually end up feeling worse about it after. Yeah. Um, instead of just saying, I'm not going to do that anymore and trying to stop yourself and just not yeah, do it. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. To replace it with like, all right, like when I feel like I want to binge eat, let's go um, do a 10-minute workout or let's go read a book for 10 minutes mm-hmm. or let's go do something that's actually good for you and going to make you feel good Yeah. in that time so that it's you can replace it and still have an action yeah, taking and place. Yeah, and so that would be something I would work on um, with people and in, in coaching mm-hmm. is figuring out what that thing or a couple things are that um they could do during that time and kind of have that plan like if I'm feeling this way this is what I'll do yeah and that just might be completely different for everybody that might be prayer time yeah that might be um just like stretching or deep breathing in some instances it just depends but there's so many things yeah yeah that's amazing that's awesome we already talked about the fact that learning how to listen to your body Mm -hmm. is a learned skill so like there's that barrier the other one I think is that there's so much information out there as to what's the right way and the wrong way and what you should eat and what you shouldn't eat. Do you have any general guidelines as to like what kind of foods should we be reaching for? What if we're if we're looking at the 80% of what we should be eating, what are we trying to fuel our body with, both for fun and fuel? Yeah. So, um I don't like to put percentages on it because I don't think that makes um, Okay quite sense to people and it's going to be different day to day so you're not going to eat the exact same amount every single day or anything like that but in general we need a lot a variety of foods okay so everything you can think of all the all the food groups we need fruits and vegetables of course um but we also need protein we also need fat we also need grains (laughs) which can be a a a bad word to some people People but like what you need fat and grains (laughs) no it's not just protein and vegetables (laughs) say what um for some people it might it just looks so different for everyone but in general for a family approach to nutrition you need all the things yeah um when I work with moms, it's not a not a rule by any means, but it's helpful to have a, a plan, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and be prepared in some way. And a lot of moms struggle with just thinking of what to eat um, and building a meal. So I tell them, try to get at least three foods from different food groups. So like, for example, um, at breakfast, like eggs and toast and fruit. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's that's three you're getting different nutrients you're getting enough hopefully to to satisfy you and it's more fun than just eating just toast right, right? for sure yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but same goes for dinner like if you had chicken and and broccoli and pasta um but kind of just trying to to build up that meal to give us different amounts of food yeah, that's great. Does that kind of answer yeah, your question? Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, I just want to give people sense. just an idea, like of like what what they should even be aiming towards in like in in the beginning as they're trying trying to figure this out and trying to figure out what their body responds well to and what it doesn't yeah. and what makes them feel cared for and what that makes them feel good. Yeah, just generally, like you said, getting 
all the nutrients in there and being at least mindful of the fact of what different foods do for your bodies, right? Like, yeah, this exactly. food's going to do this for my body and this food's going to do this. I know that um, I've, one of my favorite Instagram accounts of all time is Kids Eating Color. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's like, the, she's, she's the a goat. rock star. She is the goat. <laughs> yeah. She's amazing. Yeah. Um, and she talks about, just like you did, of not having, not labeling foods good or bad, especially with your kids. Right. It works with adults, too. Yes, I can, I can imagine. <laughs> um, and but, yeah. what she does instead is just tells her kids that food does different things for our bodies. Right. And some foods do more for our bodies than other foods. Right. And so trying to get a balance of that where you're not eating all these foods that don't do a lot for us and you're eating more foods that help us a lot. Yeah, but still keeping them um, neutral in some ways. But right. that kind of goes back to what's going to make you feel good. So if eating mm. a bunch of ice cream every single day, yes. um, that's probably for most people not going to make you feel great. But if yes. you had ice cream on some days and you had protein and vegetables and fruits and all of that regularly, then that will make you likely feel well yes another approach to take is is knowing that it's important to have protein um fat and fiber if that's fiber is the one i literally always forget about but every time i talk to someone that knows nutrition it always gets brought up and i'm like (laughs) oh yeah and fiber (laughs) is considered to be in a lot of things so that would be your grains and your fruits and vegetables um but it's just kind of another another approach to meals you can just make sure you have something that has protein fat and fiber and then you can add the fun that might be spices that might be um dressings or or dips or something which could have yes. protein fat or fiber in it as well or dessert um it's 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 okay to do that that's awesome yeah add the fun i love it add the fun <laughs> people to your food stop taking it so seriously <laughs> yeah seriously yeah in all seriousness stop stop taking it so seriously yeah, yeah. um but one of the things I do on my on my Instagram is give meal ideas, especially in my stories, just to kind of just re- literally just to give ideas. I don't yeah. to eat the same things I do by any means, but it can kind of show you what that what that looks like. That's awesome, and that I'll definitely be checking that out because I feel like that honestly, as a mom, is where I can get stuck sometimes because I just don't have the brain power anymore to I think know. through meals like I'm like just okay same thing like here like this is a go-to this is what we eat all the time mm-hmm. um which isn't fun for the kids mainly right and but just coming up with meals all the time is just brain power I don't have when I have a two and four year old it's like I, I know. that my brain cells are going elsewhere right now so. well I have a handout on my um Instagram actually in oh, cool. the in the links that's like 49 different meals and snacks so oh, that's Add that to your yes to your repertoire of meals. That's but, awesome. I love um, it. Yeah. So, do you have any closing thoughts? Um, maybe closing mantras, closing thoughts. Anything that for the moms that are listening to this to walk away with? Yeah. So, kind of to sum everything up, the road to finding health as a mom with confidence and joy is not restrictive dieting. You have to first reframe that mindset and your own beliefs around your body and food start tuning in which will be messy Mm -hmm. and you just have to find the moments where you're able to do that but trusting your body and caring for it in the best way you can that's all you can do Mm -hmm. 
So those are the things that I would say are um, the the very first things to think about when you're trying to make any sort of changes with nutrition at all is really to to start listening and to do the best that you can and just knowing that it's not going to be perfect. That's awesome. I love it. That's amazing. So you are, just to reiterate for people, you are the owner of Katie Massman Nutrition, which you have yes, on your own yeah. website. Is it is it katiemassmannutrition.com super simple and straightforward (laughs) guys where else can people get connected with you so i am primarily on instagram at the.nourished.mom i'm also on facebook as well um i think that one's katiemassman.rd okay cool the nourished mom was already taken (laughs) (laughs) Um, i know and then if you're a teacher if you just happen to be a teacher, I'm also at the.nourish.teacher on Instagram as well. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Great. So you have a approach for both moms and teachers. I do, yeah. And mom teachers. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and mom teachers is like the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming in today. Thank I you think for this me. is going to be something that a lot of women. It'll just speak to a lot of women with where they're at because I think at least anecdotally from my conversations with the, the women around me, I, I just think this, this shift in mindset is very needed so that they can live confidently. Right. And it just, it takes a lot of work and that's why I do nutrition coaching with moms is to help them specifically figure out an individual way of eating for them that works for them and their family with mm-hmm. confidence, with joy and without dieting. Yes. Yes, that's amazing. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And your approach is so great because it accounts for the fact that nothing stays the same in motherhood. Right. And like, that's why these, these ideas of this is exactly how it's got to be every day. And this is how I got to go every day. It can be so debilitating and, and it um, sucks the it, joy out of life. It sucks the joy out because it's not going to last, man. When you have kids running around and all the different things thrown at you throughout the day, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. So, and you don't have time amazing. to waste. No. <laughs> or energy for that matter. Mm-mm. Or brain power Mm-mm. or any of it. No. So thank you. That is awesome. I love your approach. And uh, I look forward to hearing all the moms that, that respond so well to this and just get a new mindset for their, their approach to nutrition and, and to life. I love awesome. it. Thank you. Thank you.